Your host, Brett Brandis, for this rort. Oh, 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 oh baby. You, oh, we baby, are... this rort is getting going. <laughs> Scraping the those SAT words. <laughs> you believe you me. Uh, and joining me, as always, it's my co-host. His name is Eric. Eric, tell me your name. Uh, my name's Eric, and I have no I even though I know rort... Should be a synonym for party. I still don't believe you. So, rort is a word from the 1930s, and it means not. Do- it's an informal word for a wild party. So, this is, we're gonna from the 30s. From the 30s, yeah. And you, so Google's got that also like the amazing analytics things where it has like its number of mentions, right? And like back it has in one for the past 60 years. Yeah, literally back in the 1800s, it's like doing well, doing well. It peaks at the 1900s and then just dive bombs straight What? Through. What happened to Rort? What, what happened to Rort? Yeah, okay, like, we have to bring Rort back. I mean, I want to go to the Rort. You're here at the Rort. We're bringing it back. We're changing our name to the talk Dragon about Rort. It back. We're going to talk about back. Rounds oh today. I mean, that, we're just that we're segue. pros at this point, people. Okay, <laughs> pretty much. We're professionals. Don't do this at home, or do because that's exactly where we do it. Yes, we are. <laughs> I was going to say this is the least uh, the least dangerous thing you can do <laughs> <laughs> as a as a full time position. It's not Particularly a full time. If, if it was, maybe it would be dangerous if they did it full-time. <laughs> no, if we're having roars left and right, Eric, it could get kind of dicey. It could get pretty wild. I mean, D&D gets dicey. Oh. Jesus All right, Christ. I gotta stop. I gotta stop. You can't stop me. He's too wild. <laughs> I'm Rorton, okay? I'm in a Rort. This is what we do at Rorts. I know. Rort is a, such I'm, a hard I'm word at to the say. only one that exists in 2022. Yeah, you could have just said the 2000s. That's true. Yeah, no, you could yeah, go back to the fifties. It does. <laughs> that seems like that's <laughs> when the chart yeah. died, Bob. So um, uh, we're gonna be talking about D and D backgrounds today and backstories. Eric wanted me to to definitely give that. A well, mention. no, it's just I when I suggested, <laughs> I was like, oh, we can talk about like character backstories, or whatever. And you're like, I Great. immediately took that as, oh yeah, backgrounds. The backgrounds oh, listed. <laughs> we talk about all. Yeah, I, I literally have like thirty. <laughs> I have forty of them listed here. And you know, I had some notes. You know, I don't really. I don't really care too much about like what we do, but I was just like, oh, I just saw these things. I was like, ooh, I have not looked at any background. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know what these are. <laughs> I'm excited. Uh, before we get all to that, we're back at the party. We're back at the Rort. Let's be honest. We're back at the Dragon, Rort. Dragon Rort. Welcome to the Dragon Rort podcast. <laughs> um, what's oh, going to be Jesus. drinking for this one? So I'm drinking uh, some whiskey here. Uh, I'm drinking a Japanese whiskey. Oh, which one? It's uh, Mars Iwai, I-W-A-I, I think it's spelled. Great pronunciation. <laughs> Nailed it. I was just going to say, I, I, there's, I, I, there's I bet you're all wondering, Japanese I am in fact white. Not that Japanese. show up on the shelves. So like, I was figuring I might have heard of it, but I, I don't know that one. 
Yeah, I was just looking around my liquor store. I was like, I haven't tried any Japanese whiskey. Yeah, so yeah, that's what I mean like, by it. Like, it. But there's it like them, a, right? Like, there's really only like one little baby section of that. Yeah, usually. there's not, there's not too much. <laughs> it's but, like uh, three options. <laughs> the the one I the one I too there was like a pretty good shelf with At like least top to bottom. Yeah, yeah like twenty dollar, thirty dollars, and like a couple like a hundred dollar bottles. I was like, oh, this yeah. thirty dollar one looks good. I, I definitely I do own a hundred dollar bottle one. I own a Yamazaki twelve. If you ever looked that one up? I don't know how I found a bottle, but in PA, good thing about PA liquor laws this is the worst state for liquor. But they, re- if since it's store owned and everything, the laws require them to sell it at like market value, not at okay. secondary store prices. So rare bottles, if you can get them, you get them for like the cheapest. The price cheapest you they're gonna get <laughs> across the entire country. They just hate liquor stores. <laughs> they're just like, hey, by the way. Screw you guys. <laughs> yeah. and, hey, you want to buy some beer? Only 12 packs. You can't buy a six pack? You can buy two of them. <laughs> yeah, right. So like when you look at Yamazaki 12, for instance, I see bottles listed at 200 300 up to $700. I bought it for like just 100 bucks. It's pretty good. So, yeah, so I, I could flip it if I wanted to. I'm not. I'm probably not even ever going to drink it. <laughs> it's just going <laughs> to be, you know, you can still bad. keep the bottle without one. the liquor. <laughs> that's true. That's true. And say I owned one at one point. Well, what I'm drinking here today is I just recently had a trip to uh, New Orleans. Uh, and while I was down there, I was Knowledge. expecting it to be, uh, usually I like traveling and picking up like a bottle of bourbon when I'm down somewhere. Especially because, like I said, it's hard to find stuff in PA, especially like I'm figuring right. whenever I travel, I'll be able to find stuff I won't be able to find in PA. That was not the case in, <laughs> mm. uh, down in New Orleans. I was surprised. I was like, it, like their stores are all like convenience stores for the most part. Got it. So they really only have like the popular options. Uh, what I ended up with was actually I bought a praline liquor and I'm using it as a mixer. Mm-hmm. So I, I have half bourbon, half praline liquor in this glass. So that's what I'll be uh, imbibing in. I kind of want you to be like, so I bought a beer. Yeah, <laughs> and brought it back. Here you go. <laughs> yeah. It's yingling. Yeah. So it's good. It's uh, it's really interesting. It's like I was telling the everyone about what, after I purchased it, like the funny thing about these specific liquors is like, Here's the recipe for for a mixed drink with this liquor. And then you're trying to look for other ones, and it's like the same nope. recipe over and over again. You're like, okay. It's one only thing I this. <laughs> I can do one drink. It's more of Here an ingredient is. liquor than, than anything else. Yeah, especially this one. It literally is just like mix it with burp. Like, do half this, half bourbon, and don't do anything else ever. <laughs> <laughs> like, that is right. this. Now I have like, oh, Okay. Uh, let's talk about D&D. We're back on a D&D podcast. It's been a while, uh, because we had a lot of magic to get through, to sort through. Uh, new sets are kind of out and about right now. Uh, where did we left off? I don't know. I, I, I'd say, let's go over our one shot, though, because we did. Yeah, we did. Let's just talk about the, the one our, shot. Yeah, this was officially our two year anniversary of when we started to play D&D, uh, in our campaign. Our campaign. So Eric did a one shot again for us on this second year reunion, uh, and it was pretty awesome. I mean, it, and it was framed as a "we're going to be evil henchmen for this one," right? And uh, we did meet our master, which was fun because our evil master ended up being one of our main our 
characters that was in our regular campaign who had to go away for a while. Yeah. As he's finishing up his uh, doctorate. So he jumped in as like a guest spotlight and was our evil lord during this one shot, which was really cool. Yeah, and then he bounced. Yeah, so that, that was kind of fun. Uh, yeah, so that was a good spotlight to, to show up in the beginning. He kind of like gave us our quest. Was like that. That's how the beginning started. Is kind of we all gathered. We all ended up in this uh, evil lord's lair. He gave us the like, go get the guys who are rebelling. Go find them and kill them all. And we're like, okay, <laughs> nice. Yeah, so it was like level seven. Yeah, it was fun. You just got 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 to terrorize a town. Yeah, basically, and, and that's mostly of what happened, right? We went to two towns, right? With two uh, towns. yeah, there was like you went to meet. Like this traitor in the heroes, heroes, which are your enemies, uh, group. He kind of gave you like two options. It's like you can go to this town or this town about like way to go. And you chose like one of the options. One of the towns, yeah. Yeah, then you went over there, fought some rebels, big bar fight. And then they're like, oh, he's going up to this thing to go reclaim his father's hammer. That was, you know, this magic item. We're like, all right, now we got to go fight them. Then you all die. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So this was a, a big old fight. It was funny because it ended up being like only two out of the four of us could make the second half of this right. event. Uh, everyone had to drop off. So it was like me and one other person controlling four of our one-shot characters. And the, the fight began with an axe throw that immediately killed our cleric. <laughs> immediately. Yeah, the, the cleric... Hit. Yeah, the cleric uh, didn't have too many hit points, and got um, crit. so <laughs> no, it was just he, like he didn't get crit. I guess he just got it was just a regular throw, right? Or was it it was just uh, really good damage rolls, just murdered, just smoked him. And I mean, I, I only made a, it was a level seven barbarian, so it was just like a normal guy. It wasn't like a high CR monster. And all he did was throw his axes, right? He didn't like. Or cause it was because he had a legendary weapon. Yeah, he had the Dwarven oh. Thrower. So. Okay. Yeah, so, right. Because he kept just throwing it, and I thought that was odd. I was like, this is just, he's just like a throwing dude. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Dwarven Thrower it comes back to your hand after you throw it. <laughs> so, that makes sense. Because like, he, oh, like, yeah. only ever threw the thing. It yeah. was hilarious. Uh, but it was yeah. a good fight. I mean, we did get taken down really hard. I really loved my character. I played a Wildfire Druid, it was a blast. Uh, Eric yeah. gave us extra feats during this campaign, so I just like stacked feats. Yeah, went your human variant, and human variant so you had all the feats I could. Feats. Yeah, which was a lot of fun. So I, I took definitely an underrated one, which was spell sniper. So I was literally firing my spells from Liter- like we were fighting in a cave, and I was I was so far outside of the cave, just launching spells into the cave. Yeah, <laughs> it was pretty funny. Yeah, like literally two hundred feet away, just like through the through the edge, and you had put like a sleet storm kind of covering half of it, right at the beginning forcing of the people to sick. come t- into your view, and then you're just like scorching ray a million times. Yeah, I mean, times. Well, the sleet storm. Not only did I force them into a specific area, but like it wasted at least a good two three turns from like a huge swath of characters. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I wasted a bunch of people's turns, which is probably the only way we were going to get anywhere in that fight. We weren't even close. Yeah, there was kind of a combination of, like, two characters that you haven't built or read through really at all. So, like, 
obviously you're not going to play yeah. that those guys super optimally. Also, I obviously these are the heroes of the story, so obviously they're <laughs> going to be good, uh, good at what they do. And yeah, like, there wasn't like mentioned. yeah, and we we since. So the, the reason why I didn't wait for everybody is I just kind of want to get on with our real story. Yeah, so I didn't, right, 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 <laughs> didn't right. want to well, just cancel it. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Like we had to just finish that, wrap that storyline. Just up. wrap that. Yeah. Just wrap that. And, let, and let's get back to the main story. Yeah. So, but so, it, it yeah. And there could, there, I had been planning on being like, okay, maybe there's going to be some like tactical stuff that you guys could have done to help you guys out. Right, but right, I was right. just like, you're here, you're in the fight, go have fun. Let's just, just try to kill these yeah, people. Let's just, yeah, let's just bash these people up. Yeah, it made sense in the context. Like, I'm not mad about it at all. I mean, my right. character made it out. <laughs> yeah. I, I was slinging spells from so far. I, like, at a certain point when everyone was dying, I was like, I mean, I'm not going to be able to take down five people. <laughs> so, like, I'm going <laughs> to <Yeah>. run. <laughs> it's like, I, yeah, I'm going to bounce here. Yeah, I, like, I'm... I'm going to take my chances with yeah. our boss. Metagaming or not, I'm getting the fuck out of here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was uh, it was pretty funny on my end, too. Because I, also, as a one-shot, as a DM, I can just be like, I'm just going to fucking kill you guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, when the, when the cleric went down, usually I'd be like... I'm going to let the tension rise up with like, maybe he misses a death save or something, or maybe I'll hit him once and then go yeah. on. I but just especially because like, nah, no one was controlling him. him. Yeah. You yeah. Were just like, Let's just kill him. Let's just kill just him dead. Cleric the hero him. bounced out of the sleep storm at that moment. It was just like, die. He was already, I think he, yeah, he had like 20 hit points because he spent some time healing. I'm just like, Nope, you're dead again. <laughs> Oh man, it was funny. Yeah, it, it was it was quite the battle. So that's what we had going on. The one shot, it was fun. We did it all in Tailspire. I mean, that was a hundred percent, a hundred percent Tailspire, which is what mine is planned when I do my one shot uh, coming up in uh, a couple months. Oh, I, I, I have I have my character already set for that. What level? I didn't specify a level yet, Eric. I have level five. So now you're telling. All right, I, I think level five is going to be fine. I, I think, think I can. Fine. I think I no, can you're gonna you're gonna love it. It's, I will. I I think I'll allow everyone to be level. That gives what third level spells slots. Yeah, it's like Just one third one, level maybe. spell. Yeah, I, that'll be fun. We can and not everyone's going to be. Uh, we can handle it. We'll do it. All right, let's get into this episode. What, Eric? Our backgrounds. I don't know. You tell me. This was what? your idea after changing oh, the script. Come on! Right? All right. So all right. So this is an actual important piece of the character building process. Like on your character sheet. You actually have to select one of these, technically. It could be all the way down to homebrew, though. I mean, with all D&D rules, that's kind of how it all ends up working anyway, right? It's yeah. Like, it any way you want. But in the actuality, when you're building a character, you have to choose a background. And a background's going to... There's basically five points of things that each background is going to give you. The first is definitely the most impactful thing that's actually going to affect your character and how the campaign works and that's skill proficiencies you're going to get two skill proficiencies from all of these backgrounds and you can only have one you only have there's only one you only came from one place eric you can't come (laughs) you can't what Uh, come on (laughs) yeah the uh and the skill proficiency yeah that's basically the reason why you pick one or the other um I guess that's 
Uh, that's if if for like purely mechanical reasons. If you're not planning on using it for role play, you're just like, I just want these two skill proficiencies to fit my character. Yeah, right. And like, in that I'm, case, I would call it like you you have to homebrew your own backstory. Like, right. Essentially, why did you take these two skill? Pro- explain to me why you took those two skill proficiencies in your own way. That explains your background. Because that's what you could do in this case. Like it's it's all, and that's definitely the most important thing on this section. The next is tool proficiencies. This can come up in certain cases, in certain times, and definitely matters more to DMs who care about it more. Uh, but it's important, especially when you're going to do certain things with your character a lot. Say. Uh, I was my bard, and generally bards know how to play instruments. But if you're not a bard, and you want to be this guy that's, you know, entertaining crowds with instruments, you probably should, like, explain why you have a tool proficiency in instruments. Like, Right, yeah. You can't just <laughs> exactly. be, like, playing a guitar, seducing women all around town if, like, you don't have proficiency in that. Or, or it'd be really bard. funny, and even if you don't. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> if you don't yeah. have a proficiency, right, you don't get bonuses or anything. Yeah, there there are uh, there's a bunch of important ones. I think thieves tools is probably the most important That's quote unquote yeah. tool proficiency. Um, although a lot of classes get those, but it's kind of nice if you're just like, oh, I'm a I'm, I'm a, a monk or a or a fighter, a dex based fighter, and you're just like, no one else is gonna be a rogue, so I'm gonna take a, a background that gives me thieves tools proficiencies. Yeah, and that way it's like, okay, now if we have to unlock anything, we got it. Yeah. Or, like, disguise really the, kits, poisoners kits. And I, I have highlighted all the kind of core ones that, you like, anyone will just kind of default to. And we'll go over reasons why. And that was definitely one of the reasons for it. Specifically one of them that I highlighted. Mm-hmm. Like, these tools, done. Like, that's why. Um, <laughs> uh, languages. A lot of these backgrounds, and languages don't come up too often unless you're in a pretty diverse campaign setting <laughs> yeah I, I found languages are like almost like a story point where it's just yeah. like ooh, you're in this like underground like like abandoned temple and like oh there's this it's writing that we don't understand does anyone speak abyssal and it's like right, no yeah. it's like oh we have to do a, a rubbing and go find it out which like um, home brewing it could only come up as often as you the dm wishes it to come up Right, but I would imagine it comes up a lot more actually in some of the crazier, fantastical, you know, pre-built campaigns where they purposefully, you know, shove in a whole lot of lore and background into these yeah. pre-built ones to be like, uh, this yeah, it, little character speaks elemental only, and you're like, what the shit? Right, yeah, <laughs> and uh, it it also helps um, where this this camp or our campaign since one of our characters has a feat feature that it says like. I read everything. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's almost never like, I'll just say like, Ooh, it's in primordial. <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> then our the warlock, warlock is like, I read it. Yeah. So. I read that. I read that. <laughs> so, yes. Yeah, true. Uh, other things it's going to give you, it's going to give you some equipment. It comes with uh, some equipment. Uh, a, a lot of times it specifies how much starting gold you have. I mean, that's only as important as like you give it mention, but right. It'll come with uh, the tools that you were saying, thieves, like equipment. It'll come with the thieves tools that you need sometimes. It'll come with, you know, torches and clothes and different things you need for, I don't know, praying and, and rituals and stuff like that. Right. Yeah. And, and that, that's also like the your campaign. It might be like 
you can't climb unless you have climbing gear. Right. Uh, and then they'll be like, well, I have climbing gear. But some, right. And sometimes clothes matters. Like, sometimes clothes doesn't matter. A lot of these backgrounds, for some reason, come with, like, certain amounts and specified amounts of clothes. Like, nice clothes, bad clothes, yeah. like whatever. You know, just to match the kind of background it is. And then the last thing I did mention, Eric. Oh, actually, no, sorry. First, first, another important part that maybe doesn't come up as much as it should in certain campaigns, but these backgrounds actually come with a specific feature of its background. Mm-hmm. What do we mean by that? Well, we'll give you an example starting off with like one of the most common backgrounds, which is the Acolyte, which is, you know, like a standard go-to one for clerics, paladins, whatever, holy people things that believe in something it has a feature called shelter of the faithful and what that does is that you can uh command respect of those who share your faith you and your adventuring companions can expect free healing and care at any temples shrines or other established presence of your faith so it's just kind of giving you a background benefit to say like you know, I grew up with these people. They like me, even though we've never freaking met them. Mm. <laughs> Just trying to give your your group help in other certain scenarios. Yeah, and it's like, oh, we don't we don't have any money to stay at the inn. It's just like, oh, I can I can get us room and board at the local Pelican right. Church. That was definitely something my bar did a lot, right? Like he definitely was the entertainer background where it yeah. didn't matter what tavern we walked into, I would play for them and they'd be like, You can stay. You can stay. <laughs> you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're cool, you're cool. So then lastly, so, that, so there's important features that we'll go over, uh, the benefits for all these backs, uh, backgrounds. And lastly, is story building, right? This is an important yep. lead-in to why your character is the way he is, your characteristics. It helps you roleplay, which is really important in D&D. You really need to help along the, the roleplay. It gets yes. things going. As, an, as a RPG, the role-playing part of the game is pretty important is, uh it's two of the three letters yeah right <laughs> sure is and, and backgrounds really are a uh a sticking point in, in a yeah and especially for new players like it, it's it can be very intimidating at least for me starting out just be like well what's your background backstory i'm just like i don't know i could pick anything like where do i even start right and here it forces you to pick something i remember i picked like sailor it's just like okay i'm a sailor Right. That's why I'm doing this. And they're like, well, it's a land, you're in a landlocked area. <laughs> so I'm just like, I already <laughs> so made my why, choice. Why, you <laughs> why are you 200 How miles from the here? nearest body of water? It's like, <laughs> I got I'll lost. Have to think of that later. <laughs> That's a good point. Uh, yeah, but we, as we were mentioning back when we did our Paladin class review, for instance, like it's, it's a great class, we said, because the Paladin class bakes in an entire background for your character. Same with, like, Warlocks, for instance, as well. Like, the class itself bakes in, like, how you got your powers, why you got your powers, what you believed in, this and that. Like, it kind of bakes in your character. So that's why these backgrounds help a new player as much as... you. It bakes stuff into your character when you say, like, I was a gladiator! And, you know, you have some motivations behind that. Right. And, Were yeah, you a and that, prisoner so, as a gladiator? Did you enjoy being a gladiator? It determines kind right. of how your character is going to act. And kind of the the, I think the reason behind that is it gives kind of like a, I don't know how else to say this, but like like a tertiary view of your character by associating yourself 
names yeah. by associating you with an artifact or like an entity person group that other people know about so it's like i follow melora it's right. other people could be like do i know what melora is yes you do and then they can make opinions based on you yeah they can it's judge like, you they can i'm a, the, the I'm a gladiator i fought in this town it's like oh right. i know where this town is i bet money on some of these fights or something right. i don't know like it gives other people kind of like a reference frame for your yep. character and like you mentioned as a dm it helps you create a storyline as well if you know someone so certain someone is a acolyte of certain faith which is obvious you know but you're going to be like oh this town temple is aligns like it's the same god by the way like, right yeah yeah and so what uh, i have in my notes it establishes a previous relationship with something else yeah, in the in world the town. yeah uh, gives you something to do besides you know you wandered into a town why are we here? Right. It gives them, it gives them something to be like, well, let's go here first. Like, at least I know that they're going to speak to me. <laughs> yeah. And, and it leads to some fun things. Like in our, in our current campaign, there's a paladin of Torm kind of going through his rites of passage, yes, essentially. Yeah. And he's just getting grilled <laughs> hell, grilled hell and back because what another person of the party is a warlock of Osmodius. So <laughs> they're just like, what the hell is this going yeah, on? Yeah. <laughs> you got what? Get him out of here. <laughs> so, so, right. And I know, you know, what, what are you going to do as a, uh, as a player? You can't do anything, but as a character, it's just a fun. <laughs> it's and then you had a trickster yeah. going around yep. the crowd and antagonizing. <laughs> I love that. Disguised as a dwarf. <laughs> <laughs> going around. <laughs> She's going around. Providing oh! the live studio audience. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh. Ooh. Yeah. I did that how many times? <laughs> that was fun. My character's hilarious. Uh, <laughs> maybe the party doesn't think so, but I sure do. <laughs> yeah, that's all that matters. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's like, I'm having fun, so. Yeah, right? All right, and then I, I kind of posed one question that we'll we'll go through as we as we hit on some of these backgrounds is is how does it affect the campaign? And I think that that's a question that is sep- is it has a different answer for each of the backgrounds. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. I don't think that that there's just a general answer to how does this affect the campaign, Eric? <laughs> well, let me tell you the yeah. correct answer. <laughs> right. There's an infinite think- possibilities of how you play this game, but there's one answer. Yeah, but there's one answer to this for all, and it's pliable to universal every regardless of how you play doesn't the game. Doesn't matter where it came from, doesn't matter. This is nope. this is the answer. It is known. What is it? I'm waiting for you. Hmm? Oh, oh uh, I gotta go. <laughs> so you find out stay. next time. <laughs> all right, and that's that's it for that's this week. <laughs> uh, basically, wanna, do you want to go over all the highlighted ones first, and then uh, yes. the rest? Yeah, let's, let's all right. do. I think that's important because so what I did is I just kind of highlighted, and the ones I highlighted are the ones that are definitely in the player's handbook for one, which means that like more people are gonna have access to it right off the bat. Right. Um, there's a lot of these. I have 39 posted, and there's there's a whole lot more than 39 that I've posted. Yeah. I, I ended at S, so I didn't even go below that. <laughs> Screw everything after Screw everything that. beyond the letter S, okay? It doesn't matter. Uh, there's one other one. Beyond S. Beyond S, but it's, we'll talk, it's almost identical to another one you already have highlighted. Is it Urchin? Yeah. Yeah, I was thinking of the urchin too. Yeah, that's an important one, I think. But yeah, it's identical to probably like criminals or, or even uh, some of the other ones. Uh, all right. 
The Spy. Okay, that's a good one. So we'll highlight the spy. So let's start with the acolyte, which we just kind of start like we mentioned already, and I already gave you its its feature, which was the shelter of the faithful, which makes a lot of sense, right? In the context, yeah. it's kind of like you know you're an acolyte of this god. If you walk into a temple that also worships that god, they're probably going to be like we're pretty cool with each it's other. It's like all right, show your badge, show <laughs> <Yeah>. your <laughs> show <laughs> your Lathander badge, and it's like I'm, he's like all right, <laughs> these guys are with me, right? So besides that, it's going to give you the insight and religion as skill proficiencies. And those are really good skill proficiencies, which is one of the reasons that this is such a commonly selected background. Not like never, never mind whether you're a cleric or a paladin, though that's mostly where you see this selected because it does like, especially if you're going to go into that character and be like, I believe in gods. This probably makes sense to go with, right? To be like, if you're going to yeah. make that a focal point of your character and then go on and tell me you were a criminal background, I'd be like, <laughs> what? <laughs> it's like that. Yeah. You're, that, that is like second level background choosing where you pick something that's, that's opposite or not opposite, but like subversing, subverting your, yeah. your class a little bit. And then be like, okay, now, now you have to do work to tie those two things together. But yeah, yeah it's some of these two are nice because like a lot of times, let, let's say you're a cleric, you kind of feel obligated to take religion as a proficiency right this is like hey don't worry about it you got it (laughs) and and you're also getting insight insight yeah that's an incredible check right insight comes up all the time yeah yeah you basically every time you're interacting with an npc that's giving you important information you just be like (laughs) it's usually an insight check check. yeah it's usually an insight check try and try and waver try to figure out if how, how you like it uh it doesn't give you any tool proficiencies which is fine uh, it gives yep. you two languages. Yeah, th- this, this kind of, I think, is, like, if you don't have a tool proficiency, it'll give you, like, you get, like, four things. Language. You get, like, yeah, two right, proficiencies right, right. and, like, two other things. Yeah. Yeah, so you're getting two languages out of this, and that could come in handy, you know? Yeah, I've I've built characters where it's kind of just, like, I'm just trying to learn as many languages as possible. And it's kind of fun. I, if you do the, I, I like the anthropologist for that, if it, like, as a background. Have you looked into that one? We can go over that uh, one next. No, because it's in Tomb of Annihilation, and I haven't bought that on D&D Beyond. All right, so. all right. Well, uh, we'll go over it later. Uh, and then equipment-wise, it gives you a holy symbol, which a lot of times, if you're a paladin or a cleric, you're already carrying You're just going to get it. Yeah. Uh, prayer book. Five sticks of incense. And then, and then, like I said, it gives you the clothing and a pouch with 15 gold, which is actually a, a lot. Um, yeah, 15 gold. I, I forget what's like the average, but... It's pretty good. Yeah, that's that's a high amount of gold, I would say. So, you know, but take that as it will too, because you know, if you're doing certain things, you know, sometimes that that doesn't even come up. (laughs) Right. Like, like the DM will specify how much gold you start with anyway. A lot of times, doesn't doesn't care about your background. Just like everyone has a hundred gold to start, because we need you to have some amount of gold, right? So I can play with it. Yeah, Not especially if you're starting at like level that. three or five. Yeah, or yeah, yeah. So like, I feel like to me that that I ignore that part. So that's the accolade background, and you can see why it's so commonly chosen, right? It's just like it gives you an obvious benefit. Like generally, shrines or worshippers are in every city, like in D and D homebrews, what campaign everywhere. There's almost always a religious sec- sector, <clears throat> and if you worship a common enough god, it's 
probable that they're going to be worshiping that god. <laughs> yeah, and like it. Yeah, the um, and also like churches and religions are very popular as far as like giving quests, or there are the yes. good guys or bad guys of the campaign. Yep. Um, they are. And this yeah, can no, come up not just in city settings, right? It could just right. be in a settlement that reli- that worships and exactly. Know, it could yeah, come up anywhere. And if you're possible. like, and it's kind of like a self fulfilling, uh, prophecy, if you will. Uh, not really, but <laughs> it doesn't really work here. But like, if you are a cleric of you know Morden or something, then like your DM's going to put board and related stuff in the campaign. So right. that way your accolade thing will actually work. <laughs> right. Yeah. So you're just saying like, by be like oh. of you selecting this as a background, like it yeah. will come up. It makes it come up. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we're like, I picked the sailor background. We're going to go over that later. And then it, <laughs> he's like, well, we're not going to, we're not going to do anything on the water. I'm like, ah, well, okay. That's not going to happen. <laughs> and then it won't come up, but I still think it's one of the most important ones, but uh, yeah. So that's the acolyte. The next one I want to talk about was the athlete. Uh, this one I found I thought was pretty important for for two reasons. One, the skill proficiency is a pretty good. It gives you both acrobatics and athletics. Sometimes you really only want one of those. Yeah, I, I was gonna say this is this is something I I, I almost never choose a background just because of that. Where like usually <laughs> there are the in this is like most interchangeable. Right things out there, and like you're either going to be strength or dex based traditionally. Right. Uh, it gives you. I love this though. Uh, well, languages it gives you one, which is yeah normal tool proficiencies. It gives you land vehicle proficiency. I love that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. If there's more of those, I think that that one, like that, actually, if you think about it, should probably come up more. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like. I, yeah. If you Maybe get a wagon. Yeah. yeah. It kind of depends on that. Like they're they're. Yeah, I'm not really too sure when it comes. Usually, like, I I don't know. Like, what would be like a land vehicles check? Would I mean, like, think about it though. Like D and D can span. Definitely different. Like it doesn't all have to be medieval true. four yeah. times. If yeah, there's yeah, cars, yeah. like you're gonna need someone that can drive a goddamn car. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. You're absolutely right. Yeah. And yeah, there could be just yeah. They could yeah. May, maybe your DM is like you're gonna you're gonna not be able to drive a cart. Unless yeah. You have land or a wagon. Like you mentioned, wagons, wagons are pretty yeah. common and popular. So I, I I don't know. I just saw that and like and then also it's it's a feet is kind of like the echoes of victory and this just makes a lot of sense this feels like a natural so you say like you're the hero of the story kind of deal like it says that when you're within a hundred miles of where you grew up there's a 50 percent chance that someone admires you and is willing to give you information and like shelter this just feels like a natural background to be like i grew up like somewhere near here and then like naturally that means like you're the hero of the story like they're gonna protect you they're gonna give you info right yeah this is like oh yeah i came from the city it's like oh yeah like hey weren't you a champion boxer at some point like yeah right and i feel like that's gonna come up like you said but like with the like self like yeah if in this region and 100 miles is a pretty good barrier yeah i'm in this region we're gonna have help I think that's a pretty good background. So uh, we'll go on to the criminal. Uh, This one was super important for a couple of reasons. Skill proficiency wise, it's giving you the all important stealth. (laughs) 
and yeah. also deception, and which deception. are two incredible skill proficiencies for a background to just throw you. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty to sweet. Your character tool proficiencies wise, it's giving you thieves tools and a type of gaming set. It says, which is awesome because if you think about it, that like you can be a gambler with dice and you can gamble people out of things. You can, you know, it, that. That's yeah, awesome. I, I love doing that. With people just yeah. like, oh yeah, like let's play some dice to to gamble for information or exactly. uh, go to a casino or something. You can get information from people by gambling. It's pretty sweet. It does not give you any languages. I think because, like you mentioned, like it's giving you two of something. So they went all out in the tools. Yeah. Less in languages. And then equipment wise, I think it also gives you probably one of the most important pieces of equipment ever, right? It gives you a crowbar. <laughs> You never know when that can come up. You never know. Like, a crowbar is a useful tool. It's a freaking crowbar. And it's kind of (laughs) funny because a a crowbar, actually, it's kind of funny because most adventuring gear, it's like, it doesn't doesn't do anything. Like, it's just like, oh, I I have some fancy clothes. A crowbar, like, actually says it has a mechanical piece of text to it. (laughs) <laughs> where it says, where it basically was like, whenever you can use a crowbar, you can get advantage on the strength check. So, <laughs> oh, like, pry open the door. It actually yeah. gives you advantage on checks. There you go. Yeah. So, it's like, oh, there okay. I can yeah. actually use it. So, like, like that, right? And that, you just got that in your background, right? As, yeah. you know, it's free. And then, and, the and we haven't even gotten too. to the feature yet. So, its feature is the criminal contact, of course. And this is, that's also like a brilliant, like, you know, Thing. So you know how to get messages to and from your contact, even over great distances. Specifically, you know local messengers, corrupt caravan masters, and seedy sailors who can deliver messages for you. And like, but not Pretty over sweet. shitty distances. Only the great distances. Only great distances. Yeah, if you could describe the distance as average at best, can't do it. But like... That's a third level spell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it'll take a while to get there, but <laughs> it'll take it'll take longer than your third level spell. Yeah, right. Third level spell is instantaneous. Instantaneous, but... yeah. So it's less like, oh, hey, meet meet us in the capital at and by. It's a ritual summer solstice over eight hours. Uh, third level spell. <laughs> yeah well i mean it'll take as long as like it yeah. takes someone to walk that distance but yeah no i'm uh, saying eight hours is in like I, there's usual like some of those spells right that take eight hours to like cast and cast stuff yeah yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah so like that's my joke with that but, but yeah this is this could be super useful it's solid right it's just a so- one of the most solid backgrounds ever you do have to like explain again why you're a criminal you can't just say you're a paladin and then just say i'm a freaking criminal it's like what explain how all that went about no you could you, i'm not saying you can't i'm not saying you can't i'm just saying like but you got you like you gotta commit to that man like i'm talking you gotta you gotta commit you gotta <laughs> yeah commit. exactly uh if you're a paladin criminal you're a paladin criminal man but like all right you gotta commit okay hey there could yeah. be some paladins to dark gods I, you hey I, like i said you you just can't be, say you're a paladin and take criminal that's, that's what i mean <laughs> and just be like, don't worry about it. Yeah, don't worry about it. I have a crowbar, and I'm a, I'm, I'm a crowbar. In you can what? divine smite with a crowbar. I, I would allow that. <laughs> oh man! Technically, you get advantage on that. Eric. Can, it says anytime you can use the crowbar. You a strength check. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> pry open the the life from your body. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, this is this is, and also talk about like. Criminal, so criminal contacts. It, 
for going into uh, background or backstory stuff you, or yeah. using your background to inform your backstory. It could be like, okay, are you a part of a criminal organization? Right. Where do they operate out right. of? Yep. What kind All of stuff that. do they do? Are they like assassins? Are they just like a thieves guild? Yep. Yep. Do they like specialize in like art acquisition or something like that? Like, Is there a different like clan of criminals that if you got mixed up with the wrong criminals because they weren't part of that organization, do you right. get messed yeah. up? Do they have a code? Are they just like mercenaries? Yeah. Stuff like that. Yeah, so there's a lot to work through there. A lot to play with, which is pretty sweet. You know? I like that's, it. That's pretty good. This and um, Urchin are like the two for rogues. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So criminals, for instance, are typically rogues. Um, but, you know, warlocks are very much in there. You know, a bunch of others are in, are in the criminal yeah. realm. You know, you could be a barbarian criminal. Who cares? You could be a barbarian whatever you Crazy. Want. Barbarians <laughs> always follow the law. Yeah, acolytes <laughs> only. Uh, now on to the one that I was mentioning I pretty much was with uh, my bard, which is the Entertainer. Uh, they have skill proficiencies in acrobatics and performance. We mentioned how you probably only want one in acrobatics or athletics. This mm -hmm. gave you one of them in acrobatics, so you don't really have to worry about athletics anymore. And you could focus way more on dexterity screw strength like generally this is for a character that's going to be dex based no. yeah it, and it's, it's nice because yeah like strength strength intelligence and like uh strength intelligence are like the two most i think like dump stat mm -hmm. out of any of the thing so it's nice that you can or use like charisma. charisma too yeah I, I yeah charisma i think is like a uh like it's a slightly after those because I think some people love like being deception Persuading, yeah. or persuasion. Deception. They like doing the deception thing. Doing, That's, doing deceptions. Doing, I'd like to do one of those deceptions. I've read. <laughs> <laughs> so much. It's like, the judging by the way I you say, said I that. I say charisma is like combat wise, it never comes up. So like, right, yeah. yeah, that's very true. Yeah. So like you can easily dump charisma and make it through the entire campaign. Yeah. Like, you know, yes, you can't persuade great. But it'll still come through. It'll come up when you want. Uh, when you need to. Yeah, and like in decks, you know, use it for too, AC or it, initiative. I would say, like in, in certain times too, when you've made a really good point, generally the DM gives you advantage on the persuasion check. That's true. Or like, hey, I'll lower the DC if it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's actually like, true. Generally, they give you advantage on those charisma checks that are like, that's a like. You probably should. He probably should be persuaded. But yeah. go ahead and see. Like it's it's the one check, you know, right? It's like the did you fail? And also, like with those persuasion and deception checks, usually, if one person in your party is high charisma, then yeah, like the rest of you don't need to do anything. Yeah. <laughs> it could be like, yeah, like even though the wizard is the one talking, it'd be like, hey, uh, hey, Pat, can you go? Can, can you? Can you? Put the exclamation point on this. Yeah, <laughs> why yeah. for me? <laughs> so I don't have the to roll. Same thing I just said. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but oh, way be better. Funny. Uh, and then uh, the tool proficiency is it'll give you a disguise kit. So, what, like we were mentioning, uh, there were certain classes when we were doing class reviews, right? I think it was specifically in the rogue where there was like a whole like Assassin. fifth level thing. Yeah, right? That was like you can disguise yourself. And we're all we're like any character can get that 
for free at level one. Nothing, nothing like, and this is one of those examples. Right, yeah. Here's a disguise kit. You're proficient in it. Done. That's yep. It. And you, even in your equipment, you get a costume. Like, so you, you have everything you need. You have a disguise kit and a costume. You can be invisible for all I care. I've got this background alone. And that, yeah, the whole class was like, fifth level. You could disguise yourself. Yeah, I have, and there's like, it, the disguise kit, I think, is one of the most unfortunate tools in a D&D. Because yeah. it's just like, no one uses it. No. For the most part, most mostly you cast disguise self. Which disguise is self or invisibility. Or the rogue just has like a plus 10 Or really stealth. stealthy. Yeah. So. yeah. Yeah, it doesn't... I It should come up more because it is kind of hilarious to like actually attempt to disguise yourself as something. Right. And go around acting like I, So, I, actually, I just thought of this right now. The I think the the thing that makes it a skies kit so much worse than like any of those magical means is because of the the myriad of races in D anD. d So it's like if I'm a halfling, there's no way a disguise kit is going to make me look like that eight foot tall Goliath. Right. Meanwhile, so disguise self. Yeah, you can be a dwarf. Yeah. You can be a dwarf. Yeah, exactly. Where like maybe you could get away with that, but it's just like you don't have a tail. How are you this dragon? Right. Yeah. No, that's 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 so true. It like maybe helps you around town, but it won't help you infiltrate. It won't help you get information you need it won't help you exactly you know like yeah like there there was one time uh i was in a party where we used a disguise kit to like put on a disguise when we were like casing a joint that we were gonna steal from sure yeah if you want to not look like you you technically but yeah you still yeah but like like, it's the vastness of the races like yeah it's it makes it really (laughs) hard to be like all humans and it's like yeah exactly (laughs) and it's like (laughs) I want to use a disguise kit to make myself look like a tiefling. It's like, okay, you can turn your skin a different color with the disguise kit. You can, like, make paper mache horns, but, man, you're walking into that temple, and yeah, they yeah, definitely know be- what tieflings look like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. Also gives you uh, a tool proficiency in any type of musical instrument you want. That's pretty important when you want to be an entertainer. Um, equipment wise it gives you that instrument (laughs) (laughs) yeah yeah gives you a costume and gives you a favor of an admirer i love this a love letter a lock of hair or a trinket uh and then features wise it gave you exactly what we were mentioning before it's called by popular demand and it kind of gives you like as long as you're performing in a place you know an inn or a tavern or whatever you'll receive free lodging and comfortable stay and you know food and whatnot which is pretty sweet. Yeah, and it's just tons of fun to role play. It's fun to role play. It comes up always. You know, like you have to, when you're role playing in D anD D, you have to stay somewhere. <laughs> you know, it's like it's like yeah. typically the the day ends somewhere, and we have to go to bed somewhere, and like it comes. So it comes up every single day. So just to have a trait to be like, I'll perform for you, and they're like, All right, fine, you stay here free. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll allow it. Yeah. Um, also, I know this has its own um, label, but there's a variant on Entertainer uh, called a Gladiator, which it kind of it kind of has its own thing. But yeah. the dif- the difference between this is you can replace your proficiency with a musical instrument with like an unusual weapon, like a net. That's pretty cool. So I I did that once for <laughs> for one of my so yeah, you can first scouts in nets. In nets. I have this obsession with nets, even though they're literally the worst thing. 
<laughs> I'm just like, what do they do? Grapple someone? Oh, it's it's so even bad. Worse than that? I mean, it's got to be restrained, right? They've got to be able to restrain someone, though. I don't even think it's that. I th- or <laughs> it, it might it might restrain them, but like. You have to use your whole action to throw the to, net. To do it. Right, you can't right. just make a range attack. It has a range of five feet. Right, so right. you got to be right next to them. you got to be right next to them. And they can just be like, do five damage to the net. They're and the free. net's gone. Yeah, and then they right. can attack you with their eight other attacks because <laughs> they're a monster. And it's... It's so bad. And grappling I, would be much better. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, honestly, yeah, because you could just grapple them and then attack them when you're grappled. Yeah. <laughs> grappling nets are so bad. I keep, preferable. I keep whenever they make a new source book, we're, I'm getting off of my net tangent, but whenever they make a new source book, I'm always looking for like a net master feat. <laughs> just <laughs> like, come on. Actually useful. Come That's on, good. Tasha's, and then nothing. Yeah. Uh, next one I want to go into is a popular choice, uh, especially when you want to be hoity-toity, and that's the Noble. Uh, th- they give pretty good skill proficiencies. You get Persuasion in a yeah, skill Yeah, that's a big one. It's just hot. And then you get History as well, which, uh, you know, it, depending on your campaign, can come up a lot, right? It can come like, up a lot, yeah. That yeah, can be super important. Uh, tool proficiencies, you get the gaming set, like we were mentioning with Criminal, which is really sweet. Uh, can let you con a lot of, out of a lot of things. Languages, you get one. You get another language, which is sweet. You'll get the fine clothes, a ring, a scroll, a pedigree to state that you're a hoity-toity. And you get probably the most starting gold of any of the classes. Yeah. 25. Uh, again, I, you know, take that as it were, right? Like, may, maybe you could say, like, if you really wanted to do this, everyone starts at 100. You get to start at 125. Sure. You, you know, right. throw them a bone. You're a noble. Give them the extra 25 gold if they want it. Uh, it gives you the feature of the position of privilege, right? Because you are the hoity-toity. So you're welcome in high society, which does come up everywhere as well, right? Yeah. There's always a 1% in all the towns and all the cities and whatnot. And so, like, by you being this noble, they're like, oh. And, like, and it gets you access to a lot of shit. <laughs> yeah, because, like, when you when you guys get up to, like, level 7 plus, you're going to be kind of rich, so right. you're going to be doing more powerful stuff for more powerful people. And so it's going to come up. You're going to ele- elevate uh, your status in society. So, And I imagine this is up. what our barbarian is, right? He's got to be a barbarian. Yeah, he might have chosen, like, athlete, but basically, yeah, he's, he's this. Yeah, it's like, uh, role-play-wise, this is what he is, right? Yeah. Even if he didn't select it. Another uh, um, offshoot of this, which there, there's a variant... That it allows you to take here instead of privileged right. position, um, which is uh, shared with uh, the knight, oh. which is the retainers. So you have three retainers loyal to your family. They can be attendants or messengers. Uh, they're commoners. They can perform mundane tasks for you, but will not follow you into like dungeons or anything dangerous. <laughs> yeah. They will be OP. It's like I get three extra people in my party for oh my, my background. <laughs> I was at a I was at a party with someone with these. It was hilarious because this guy just trashed his retainers all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and they said they'll leave if they're frequently endangered or abused. I think to give the DM protection from his player's wrath if the if they're like no you can't just like use your retainers as beat shields and he never did that but you know just role play like setting up camp the guy would just like 
just abused the DM playing the retainers. Oh <laughs> my god! So these retainers anymore. actually like followed him around. Yeah, yeah, they're just servant. Oh, he that's has hilarious. three servants. It's just like that just reminds me of like Monty Python. Like yeah, the, 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 the <laughs> that's yeah, <so> exactly. It's <laughs> just like. Go get it, like, like go find his room at the end, <laughs> and oh, then man. come back and be like, you didn't choose the right one. Uh oh, looks like someone's gonna be sleeping with the dogs tonight. <laughs> oh man, that's that's great. That's funny. Uh, I wanted to move on now to the sailor. I, this is such an important one, though. Like, even though you took it and it was like kind of a, ended up being a joke because, like, yeah, no, but you were yeah, it was, pain. it was. But like, awesome here's because what it's it joke. still got you. It gives you probably the two most amazing skill proficiencies you could literally select if you were just going to like blindly be like, I want it to give me this and this. It gives you athletics and perception. <laughs> yeah, not too many backgrounds give perception. No. So like, and, and that's, perception's what, uh, probably a proficiency I think you need just on every character. It doesn't matter what character you build. It, yeah, it doesn't you matter Need who you proficiency are. in perception. Everyone always makes perception checks and Every all the time. Every single day. So yeah. you need that proficiency. And just giving it to you as a background is a humongous deal. Because then you don't have to worry about it for anything else. Yeah, you know. yeah exactly. <laughs> so that already. And then it gives you athletics. We mentioned how you should have athletics or acrobatics. Mostly because... And, and those two we also met are, those are so important why because of grappling right like it's the only way to get out of grapples so to yep. be proficient in one of them is so important to always be proficient in trying to get out of grapples yeah lots of monsters will grapple you um yeah and there's always like i want to jump right right and, and that's the other wall. part i want to climb a wall role playing wise it's always important too because yeah. like we always want to do crazy stupid things or, or even if it's not crazy stupid, right? Sometimes it's just like, we need to scale this wall right now. Yeah, exactly. Like like someone, we have to. It's not like grab a, a rope like and make an athletic check to get up there. Yeah. So it comes up all the time. Uh, tool proficiencies, it gives you navigator's tools. That can come up, I guess, if like you need to like... Yeah, I was allowed to use my navigator's tool <laughs> for like, land it, travel to, yeah, to give advantage to on survival checks. And then it gives you proficiency in water vehicles. And that could come up a lot, right? Like, we need to yeah. raft down this river. Does anyone know how to fucking float this yeah. sailing boat? Yeah, I know, huh? So, and that's huge. And then equipment-wise, it actually also gives you some really important equipment randomly, right? It gives you 50 feet of silk rope. Sure, just, just another 50 you. feet rope. Yeah, like, that. that's pretty, like, rope is helpful. <laughs> Uh, it gives you a, a belaying pin or a club, and then a, a lucky charm. I like that. Yeah. <laughs> and a pouch with 10 gold. So, And then it also has, to me, one of the coolest features as well with Ship's Passage. Which is when you need to, you can secure a free passage on a sailing ship for yourself and adventuring campaign uh, companions. Now, obviously, this only comes up when there is water, but on... Most campaigns... There's going to be a shore or something. There's something, usually. Yeah. This will probably be the most useful, almost out of all the features, I think. Like, yeah. if if you're on a shore, just be like, hey, I need to get from here to here. And it's just like, hey, I'll just ask around. I'll figure it out. And yeah, then, and honestly, you know. like, if you think about it, in certain campaigns, not saying this comes up all the time or anything like that, but if I think about it, 
It's like, what's going to actually end up costing a lot of money? I'm sure there are certain times where, like, a ship's passage could cost tons of gold. Yeah. Be like, just like, we need to go across the entire ocean. And they're like, all right, 1,000 gold. And everyone's sitting around with, like, 500 gold collectively. And you're like, how the F are we going to do this? <laughs> yeah. We're going to need to quest for weeks. But, like, yeah, to handle this with a feature in your background is like, it's done. I got this. <laughs> I know how we'll get across. I don't yeah, know. It can just progress the storyline just for, for having this as a background, right? And, and also, just like Sailor is one of those things. Again, it 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 spawns so many other questions. But I'm like Sailor, what kind of sailor were you? Sure. A pirate? Were and, you not a pirate? Was was the ship you sailed on? Yeah, I was. Gonna, and there could be factions within the sailing community. You know, yeah. just like there was with the criminal underworlds. There right. could be certain guilds in that. There could be. You know, are you? Well, were you a, just a fishing sailor? Were you a, you know, were you a criminal sailor? Yeah. <laughs> Combine them. <laughs> you know, were you like part of a slave trade kind of sailor? Or like, what were you, what were mm-hmm. you uh, sailing with? <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You can have just tons of fun. Uh, and then lastly, uh, yeah, for me, at least I was going to go over the soldier. Yeah, the spy uh, is kind of like the criminal. So we don't yeah, know. yeah, yeah. So the, the soldiers are another really important one. This is another one that I think is just a default as well. It gives you athletics and intimidation. Yeah, the athletics, like we mentioned, is huge. Intimidation's great though. If, if like that's your way, sometimes persuasion's not your way, especially when you're like a yeah. certain character. Sometimes intimidation's your way. Uh, tool proficiency it gives you that land vehicle one again, which I love. And it gives you a, a gaming set, which we mentioned gets pretty useful. And then equipment-wise, it'll give you an insignia of your rank, which will come up for sure in the uh, feature. A trophy taken from a fallen enemy. Yeah, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. Because again, like maybe soldier is kind of like a very generic thing. But like there's stuff like this, where it's just like, ooh, a trophy taken from a fallen enemy. A dagger. What does it look like? Who'd you take it off of? What was the <laughs> Why circumstances? Are you carrying it? Yeah. <laughs> Why are you still carrying? Yeah, exactly. It's all this stuff that's just like oh, answer that question, and then basically that's the whole backstory. You need. Yeah, it mentions it gives you the the gambling tools as well that, that mm-hmm. you have a proficiency in, and then uh, make sure you check if you take bone dice, choose bone dice as your proficiency. Yes. <laughs> Don't take <laughs> cards. And I have a set of cards. Like, nope, I'm not. <laughs> I can't do this. Can't do. Uh, so then your feet is military rank. Uh, soldiers are loyal to you. If they are part of the military organization, they still recognize your authority. And you obviously have your rank with you and everything. So this is useful. I've seen people use this, like, getting into gates of, like, towns, for instance. Right, yeah. You know, because guards are part of the... They're always part of the military. If they're exactly. part of the gate, they're a military unit. So if you are a soldier, you recognize this military unit, you can either pull rank or you can do something to, to do, you know, with your background saying, I'm a soldier, yada, yada. Get the juices flowing. It usually allows you to enter yeah. the towns. You just need that one foot in the door. Yeah. And then the other foot, and then you're in the town because you're already in the door. So that that was the importance to me with Soldier, and that's why uh, it it not only gives you two really great skill proficiencies, which again is probably the most important factor in picking these these backgrounds in general. Yeah. Other than if you had to do it for a story reason, but if you had to do it for a story reason, right? You just homebrew it 
and select it like we were saying. Like, take this two skill proficiencies you wanted that you figure fit with your background. Yeah, and there, there's a bunch of new ones that are like you get insight and then choose one of like whatever. Ah, uh, yeah, that that would make a lot of sense, right? Like, yeah, choose just anything based off of what you want. You know, yeah. Well, there is one. She uh, It's like haunted one. You get to choose two from Arcana, Investigation, Religion, or Survival. So it's just like, eh, you So it gives you up. four options, which yeah. is like how classes are done, right? Yeah. When you choose basically. a class, the class gives you four things, and it says, like, choose two of these. Choose two of them, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it does that. Haunted One's interesting because it's from Curse of Strahd, which is the one we Yeah. <laughs> you get a Monster Hunter back. Also gets you a crowbar in Monster Hunter's back, so just, just saying. <laughs> I like its feet too. That people might fear you. <laughs> yeah, you just stare into the darkness. <laughs> stare at someone, you and they might, might fear it. you. <laughs> I'm just gonna instill fear in this thing. All right, that so that I got all of the major ones. Do you want to? We don't have to go through. Let's go through the anthropologist, like I mentioned. I just want to quickly go through that one. Uh, the tomb of annihilation, yes, but it gives you two languages. Mm-hmm. so this is like how you mentioned like i want to just learn all the languages its feature is the adept linguist you can communicate with humanoids who don't speak any language you know you must observe the humanoids for at least a day and then you learn all the important words expressions and gestures enough to communicate on a rudimentary level that's pretty sweet so like so long as you spend a day with whatever you can speak any language I love the idea of just like, hey, we need this contact. He has a lot of information about we're trying to find this wizard's tower. Uh, unfortunately, none of us speak Gnomish. And he's just like, all right, we just got to follow. I'm just going to follow. I can't tell you what I'm doing, but I'm just going to follow you around for a yeah, full day. Chill, chill for a day, and uh, I'll. I'll uh, this guy's just trying to shake him. He's just like, no, I need, I need the day. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, he got away. I only got, I only got 12 hours. It's kind of cool. I mean, it also gives you like the cultural chame- chameleon feat as well. It's just like people from different cultures respect you, in other words, yeah. which makes a lot of sense, right? You're trying to in- like ingratiate yourself into all different cultures, which makes sense as a background, right? And, and like, make sure you remember all this stuff, listeners mm-hmm. out there, because everyone just this is like okay, the proficiencies got it because they're kind of auto filled in on your electronic. D&D sheet or yeah. you fill in the bubble and it's kind of it and then you forget about like the criminal backgrounds like oh yeah I can send messages through the criminal network like back home right and you're like hey watch out this this faction might be out to get you yeah and then so I would say last topic for these backgrounds would be like what would you homebrew if you had to home like how would you go about homebrewing these features for instance because I think uh, like skill proficiency is easy. Tool proficiency is easy. Saying I want one more language, fine. You know, coming up with a general little baby list of like, you know, I play guitar, so let me have a guitar. Fine, you can have a guitar. Like, right? That stuff right. is easy to come up with. I think the hardest is coming up with how to go about if you were going to introduce these features to this background that you've homebrewed. How would you go about that? Or would I... you be like, let's find. Among this, we have 40 listed here. You can go through all 40 and probably find something that relatively aligns. Yeah, yeah. 
that I think that's the good starting point. We're just like, uh, this like this inheritor doesn't really fit what I really want. Like, uh, maybe I look for something else and it's kind of close. I think the good rule of thumb with coming up with the uh, like the fe- feature traits for the backgrounds are like they're all kind of reference the community that you're supposedly a part of. Like, you know, the soldier is part of the military community, sailor is part of the sailing community. And then when you interact with other people of that community, even if you're not like, if you don't know each other personally in, in the game, like you get something out of that. Like, oh, you get free passage. You get, you know, a free stay. You can play your way into, you know, staying at the inn for the night or something like all that kind of stuff. So think about that. Yeah. Um, that you get like four things, two skill proficiencies, two tools or a language or a tool or two languages. Right. Um, I One other kind of theme is there aren't two skill proficiencies using the same attribute. So there's never like Arcana or maybe there is in some of them like Arcana I, I and think, history or something like that. Say, isn't Acolyte the same? Even like the insight religion the same? Religion is intelligence. Oh, it is. Okay. Yeah. Insight is wisdom. Yeah, and I think they do that on purpose just to make okay. it so. I like, thought religion was wisdom. Wow. It should be because there is no intelligence based. Yeah, religion that makes classes. no sense at all. <laughs> They're either I'm charisma really or wisdom. Yeah. Oh, I mean, athlete was the same, right? Oh no, no, no acrobatics is dex. Duh. Yeah, acrobatics and athletics are dex. And uh, so those are the good oh, like. That's a good like, character. That's a good thing to it's note. Good, it's a good like framework to be like, okay, this is not. It's not busted. Like for, I'm now going to go over all of them to find the one that is, Eric. You're like, ha! <laughs> technically, uh, archaeologist says... Um, no, technically! <laughs> it's uh, this. Um, this but, one created in... <laughs> but, like, I had um, one of our characters who sadly passed away in the campaign was, like, um, ran, like, a fighting gym, something. So I was like, okay, yeah, for unarmed strikes, you get a D4 instead of it just being one. Right. So, like, because he was, like, uh, uh, a prize fighter. So, it's like, okay, if you're boxing, you get to do a little more damage because you're trained up. Right, right, you right. Small stuff. Oh, I do want to go over one more that I, I think we, we skipped, and I shouldn't have. The Guild Artisan. It's too late, uh, sorry. Yeah, the Guild Artisan gives you two of the, like, literally two of the most important skill proficiencies. Insight, persuasion. Yeah. It gives you any type of artisan's tools. Which generally artisans' tools, I mean, that allows you to like craft little knickknacks or like you know do do certain things. So that's pretty. Yeah, it, it's basically anything. Right. It's anything and, other right, than like, that's what I'm saying. Tools. Like it's it's technically anything, right? Which yeah, is artisans' cool. tools. That's like the class of tools. That... Yeah, it's like I can do stuff. <laughs> what right. do we need? We need a key. I can make a key. <laughs> yeah, and if you're playing a campaign and it's just like, hey, your armor is going to degrade unless you upkeep it. It's like, oh, I want proficiency in smith's tools now. Yeah, and artisans can probably help out. Uh, It gives you a language, which is cool we mentioned. And then, uh, you know, the the feat is basically, you have like a guild membership, right? Which is like, you're part of a guild, which guild members will give you lodging, food. You'll usually get like trade benefits. You can get discounts in shops a lot of times. Mm -hmm. Certain things like that, which is, you know. You're part of a jeweler's guild. All yeah, right. You have to diamonds. choose your guilds. That's the thing. You have to choose your guild. But like, yeah, you choose the useful ones, right? You choose the leather workers, the smiths, the jewelers, mm-hmm. you know, the armorers, alchemy if you really want like potions. All this stuff. Right. 
Which is which is why this background also gives you so much range, you know. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you could be. Yeah, exactly. You could be like, oh yeah, I'm part of the apothecary guild or glass blowers. You know, big glass in D and D is a big problem. Meanwhile, you know, all the while you're getting insight and persuasion, which yeah, exactly. Two things that are going to come up all the time. (laughs) All the time. Yeah, I did want to shout out that one. I like. uh, definitely the guild yeah i think that's a pretty popular one too yeah Yeah, like stuff like perception persuasion athletics um stealth these are things that like based on your class you're just always gonna pick so it's it's nice to just use that proficiency uh slot as a background or you use your background to fill that slot so you can kind of fill out your class with whatever you want right all right. Anything else? I don't think so. Do you want to? Do you want to give another talk quickly about story building in general? You know, another I think kind of I think that's its own things? its own episode. Okay. And that's we're fine. at like an hour, so it's yeah, a good, no, good no, short that's episode. Fine. That's fine. We 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 talked about it in the sense of the background using right? backgrounds. Yeah, and yeah, backstory, yeah, yeah. I mean, we didn't talk about story building in general but, <laughs> i mean story building is different if you're just talking about character specific or yeah like this this is all is from like large. the player perspective i think then yeah but all right it, with with that then uh magic we're gonna talk about next week what are we gonna get into there uh backstories and magic just, <laughs> <laughs> just you know where you come from what you're thinking about while playing uh, no, we're talking about the background. I mean, we are going to talk about backgrounds. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, I actually, it's really funny. I, I was looking through them because, you know, we had our initial little uh, preview, right, of Baldur's Gate so far. Uh, and that only does so much for us, especially for a set that's as big as this set was. Yeah. So, like, I couldn't go through it all. I just sat and, like, went through all the backgrounds. I got to say, as a commander, I couldn't care less about them. But I think if you just throw them in yeah. any deck, <laughs> I think there's some of them that are just like these are just good cards. Yeah, they're just they're just. And then I thought about it even more is like forget about pairing that as a commander. What if you put it in partner decks? Some of these things I think are quite broken because you get two commanders. Yeah, you have exactly. two commanders, and now the background affects both of them. Yeah, so I if think, you have, I, like, a partner commanders in green, and you use that, like, six mana one that makes them both ten tens, yeah. it's like, what? <laughs> that seems insane. Yeah. The, so, yeah, yeah I, I think, I think, think we're going to have a whole episode talking about backgrounds and commanders. Yeah, backgrounds are going to be underplayed because people are going to think they're just partner cards, and it's just like, right, nope, right, still work. right. And, I, still and work. I agree that they're bad in that scenario. I yeah. looked at them, and I looked at all the cards that say, like, partner or you know choose a background and i was like meh couldn't care less but then i looked at the backgrounds and i was like you know what this would be good this here this good. one's good yeah. here this it's one's great here i'm like these yeah. are just really good <laughs> so we should we should go over all of them and that'll be a whole episode before mm-hmm. we even get to all the rest of the command <laughs> the commander decks yeah we're then gonna have uh no we haven't even talked about the commanders yet yeah. We haven't even talked about all the legendaries and what did we say? Oh, like right. 36 multicolored in that set? We haven't even gotten to those. We haven't gotten there. And then we haven't to talk about the commander decks. Yeah, we're, we're behind. We're behind. We're a little behind. 
But I wanted one episode where we just talk about cards instead of like this product for once. For what? All right. I'll allow it. How about next time we get back to Dean Dizzle? We're going to do the Jon Snow classic, the character view series, The Rangers. Oh, baby. Um, obviously, the community's favorite and definitely most powerful class. That was a joke. Um, this is this is the... At least in the first instance. I think Rangers are fine now. No, I, th- it's it's the joke that like Rangers suck when they really don't. <laughs> <laughs> they don't. Yeah, I think Rangers are fine. They're, They're good fine. class. I I think this is definitely one of those classes where certain subclasses are like infinitely better. Unfortunately, yes. yeah, than, yeah. Than others, but. It suffered a lot from the uh, previous edition Rangers being way more cooler than this one, and like the Beastmaster original rules specifically, just like just they were unusable. They yeah, were exactly. unusable. And uh, now they're fine. They fixed them, and then uh, and and they gave a lot of variance. Yeah, to yeah. <laughs> and I think they're all better than the original. So like, just go with the variant rangers yep. every yeah, time. The new ones, and, yeah. And if you do, you're gonna you're gonna have fun. Yeah, you're gonna have fun. It's a, you're gonna it's have good fun. Class. Yeah, exactly. It's a good class. class. So we'll uh, we'll do the ranger and we'll go through all of them. All right, that's it for now. Let's go back to partying then. I'm let's go. Party. Let's go back. I'm ready to party. Let's go back. Let's go back to the Rort. Oh yeah, Rort on. It's Rorting back here, baby. <laughs> Rort. It's Rort. such an annoying word to say. It is. It feels Rort. Wrong. And like I was trying to use it like before with like you know a Rorty, but like you can't you can't just like add things to you know. There's no yeah. <laughs> like a, you have to like say a W in that word somehow. Rort. You can't use it as an adjective. It's like specifically a noun. <laughs> yeah. Got to go to a company Rort. <laughs> it's gonna be super lame. Rorting, rorting. Does that work? Rorting. I'm rorting. Rorting. No. We're just gonna start I hate it. I hate it. I hate it. All right. <laughs> and to all you listeners out there, party out. Or time. No!